Welcome back, everyone. I am Michael, your host for Depaganizing the Gospels. In this episode, I will be discussing the depaganization of Mark, chapters 3, 4, and 5. The testimony of Mark is not a text written by one of Christ's disciples. Mark was a writer, a scribe, who followed the disciples after Christ had ascended to heaven. Pagans and heretics have omitted text and edited the original testimony, but this effort guided by the Holy Spirit will remove the curses and paganization so that the world may know the true message of Jesus Christ. The first note in chapter 3 is about verse 6, which says, Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. The description of how the Pharisees plotted to kill Jesus is supporting evidence regarding the claim that he was murdered. Jesus did not die as a human sacrifice for the forgiveness of sin. He was murdered by pagan Romans and heretic Jews. The next note is about verse 10, which says, For he had healed many, so that those with diseases were pushing forward to touch him. This verse demonstrates how the original wording of the text in another language could have been mistranslated, especially when for could also mean because. Jesus did not die for our sins. Jesus died because of our sins. There has been other scholarly writing about how the grammar in Mark's testimony differs from Matthew's and that the testimony is oddly shortened compared to the other synoptic texts. Mark was not one of the disciples who knew Jesus, but he wrote what he learned from the disciples when he followed them in their ministry. Mark's skill at writing suggests he was a scribe or writer. People who knew how to write were not very common in the time of Christ, and Mark's testimony suggests he was a writer by trade. The next note is about an omission of parts of verse 11, which says, Whenever the evil spirits saw him, they cried out, You are the Son of God. The curse of fraudulent implied in the phrase omitted fell down before him that demons worship Jesus. The events described are further evidence that the demonically possessed said Jesus was the Son of God. And this is a repeated pattern of evidence of how demons proclaim this insult and blasphemy. Demons worship Satan. They would fall down before Satan and worship him saying, You are the Son of God. Demons and evil spirits are not holy and do not tell the truth. Thus they spoke the lies of the Antichrist in the presence of Christ who was a man. It is Antichrist and demonic to say that Jesus was the Son of God because Satan was the Son of God and Jesus was a man, a prophet. Verse 12 has been corrected to depaganize the text. It now says, And Jesus cast out those demons and ordered them not to say these blasphemies of God or to insult him with false and pagan accusations. The depaganization of the fraudulent testimony shows that only the demonically possessed will insult God and Jesus with blasphemous lies. Demons do not ever tell the truth, and it has been evil spirits who have influenced pagan heretics to create these lies claiming that Jesus was the Son of God when demons said it. Depaganizing the testimonies removes all of these fraudulent lies to purify the story of Jesus Christ, who was a man chosen by God to be the Messiah. Verse 21 has been omitted. The statement of Yeshua's family saying he is out of his mind has been omitted for being a curse of falsehood that attempted to characterize Jesus as insane for his beliefs. Mary knew of Yeshua's prodigious intelligence and faith in God. She would not have said he was out of his mind. 
The omitted text is a stark contrast to wanting to speak to him, as appears in Matthew chapter 12, verse 46. The family of Jesus, especially his mother, loved him, and Jesus met with them whenever he could. The fraud of pagan heretics in these testimonies has the purpose to portray Christ as not practicing what he preached, and all of their fraudulent paganization has cursed the Holy Bible for centuries. Verse 22 also has an omission, so that it now says, And the teachers of the law who came down from Jerusalem said, He is possessed by Beelzebub, by whom he is driving out demons. The phrase, Prince of Demons, is a blasphemy, and including praise words for Satan in this text has been a curse. Not only did the pagan heretics who created the fraudulent text of these testimonies blaspheme God by insinuating through their editorialization that Jesus was the Son of God, they also gave praise to Satan by referring to him as a prince, a title of royalty. Using any words designating a position of royalty or greatness associated with Satan is a blasphemy by fraudulent exaltation. There are many words and phrases that can more appropriately refer to the condemned spirits of the fallen watchers or their offspring, the Nephilim. The true word of God must never exalt Satan, and the curse has been removed. Verse 30 has been omitted. What has been omitted was, he said this because they were saying he has an evil spirit. Not only does this phrase blaspheme the Holy Spirit by insinuating that Christ was possessed by an evil spirit, but the purpose of the verse has been a curse designed to disprove the words of Christ by denying his anointing with the Holy Spirit in the words of the Pharisees. Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is unforgivable, and Jesus said this was because it was true. Pagans have attempted to create confusion and doubt by injecting the omitted statement as evidence that supported their own rejection of the Holy Spirit and later blasphemies that claim the Holy Spirit was the comforter when the Holy Spirit is the true form of Almighty God. Verses 31 through 35 is a plagiarism of the passage in Matthew chapter 12 verse 45. This incident appears in Matthew 12 verse 45 and 6. Also, and it was potentially something that did happen. The family of Christ might have wanted to see him the same as everyone else. What is likely omitted by pagans was the fact that he spent time with his family when they came to see him because he loved them. He would not have rejected them in contradiction of his own teachings. The point that pagans were trying to make by duplicating this passage is to insinuate that Jesus did not love his family despite teaching about love and forgiveness. The pagan heretics who altered the testimonies about the life of Jesus Christ tried to portray Jesus as a self-absorbed and conceited heretic who contradicted his own teachings by rejecting his family who loved him. The truth is that he spent time with them when they came to see him because the good news was for them also. Now the first note in chapter 4 is about verse 12, which says, So that they may be ever seen but never perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding otherwise they will repent and have forgiveness this quote is from isaiah chapter 6 verses 9 through 10 it is a relevantly truthful possibility that christ quoted this prophecy in his ministry to his disciples for their understanding although mark's testimony comes from someone who was not present when jesus conducted his ministry on earth mark's original testimony is the second closest to the truth because he spent time with the disciples who would have taught him some very specific information such as this quotation. 
Unfortunately, much of his testimony has been editorialized by pagan heretics, but their curses will be removed. The next note is about the omission of verses 37 through 41. The plagiarized telling of Jesus calming the seas has been omitted. Although the event of Jesus calming the winds and seas appears in all of the testimonies, it is fraudulent because Jesus did not have the power to calm the seas or winds. God gave the archangel Uriel power over the winds, the earth, and the luminaries of heaven. Moses parted the Red Sea by this power from God, but control of the nature was not one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit given to Jesus. The truth is that Jesus would have simply prayed to God to ask for help, and his faith would have had the same result. Pagans altered the scenario to insinuate that Jesus had these powers of sorcery because pagans believed in such things. Jesus did not have the power to rebuke the winds, cause earthquakes, or change sunlight with an eclipse because that was not a power God had given to him in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The inclusion and repetition of this event in the testimonies has been a curse of fraudulence, and it has been removed to depaganize the text. Jesus was not a sorcerer or magician as pagans and heretics characterize him to be in these testimonies. The next note is a point of evidence appearing in chapter 5, verse 7, which says, He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Swear to God that you won't torture me. This verse is another example of the demonically possessed calling Jesus a variant of the Son of God. Only the Antichrist and those possessed by demons will say that Jesus is the Son of God because saying this is an insult to God and Jesus. The phrase, Swear to God, is a blasphemy that only the demonically possessed would say. Anyone who execrates in the name of God is guilty of blasphemy for taking the Lord's name in vain. Demons are liars because they are the condemned spirits of the Nephilim, who were the spawn of Satan and the fallen watchers destroyed in the great flood. Whatever a demon says is a lie, and the demons in this testimony call Jesus the Son of God repeatedly. Anyone who has ever claimed that these demons were telling the truth were also lying by demonic possession. Only demons and the Antichrist will call Jesus the Son of God, and Jesus called himself Son of Man because he knew he was a human being and the descendant of David by his father's bloodline. His father was Joseph. The next note is about omitted text that was plagiarized into the testimony of Mark. Chapter 5 verses 11-13 have been omitted. The passage describing Jesus sending demons into a herd of pigs was a fraud. Semitic people did not herd pigs because pork has always been an unclean meat for the Jews. Swine were kept by Europeans and pagans. And the inclusion of this animal in the testimony had the purpose to discredit the people and Jesus who would not have, under any circumstances, sent the demons into any other creature. Casting out of demons is casting them out and not into another creature. Additionally, anyone with any common sense at all knows that pigs are not herded like goats. They are never thought of as a herd. And this idiocy is evidence that the pagans who edited the text to insert this lie were ignorant heretics who stupidly falsified these testimonies. The next note is about the correction of verse 16, which now says, Those who had seen Jesus cast out the demons told other people what had happened to the demon-possessed man. The phrase, and told about the pigs as well, has been omitted. It was added detail that had the purpose of supporting the fraudulent editorialization omitted in verses 11 through 13, 
A careful examination of the grammar will reveal the evidence that this idea had been added on to the end of the verse some time later when pagans attempted to improve the lies they used to corrupt the truth. Embellishment of a lie is pretty obvious evidence of her heretical editorialization. The next note is about verse 20, which now reads, So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him in the name of God, and all the people were amazed. Depaganizing the text is the removal of fraud that cursed the text. The man would not have proclaimed that Jesus did anything for him of his own accord. The truth is that Jesus did all of these miracles in the name of the Father, Almighty God. With the demons cast out, the man could only tell the truth, and he would not have disobeyed Jesus by telling a lie. The insinuation here is that Jesus did not actually cast out the demon from the man because the man continued to tell lies and blaspheme God. Paganization of the text is often subtle in its curses, but the spiritual gift of knowing truth comes from the Holy Spirit. Exposing these incidents of fraud is by the power of the Holy Spirit. The last note for chapter 5 is about verse 41, which now says, After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Little girl, I say to you, get up. The passage has been simplified to remove a potential curse fraudulently created to have been Jesus speaking in another language. Despite any evidence that suggests otherwise, there is no reasonable need to have this text contain words in an ancient tongue. The intentional use of words needing translation are words that were nonsense. Words was a pagan attempt to include spell words or magical words within the text to deceive others into believing that Jesus had the magic words as a sorcerer or magician. Pagans believed in such things, so their heretics included the use of magic words in the text when they editorialized the original documents that no longer exist. Saying magic words have never healed the sick or resurrected the dead. Well, that is all the coverage of Mark for this episode. I will continue to discuss the depaganization of this testimony beginning at chapter 6 in the next episode. Be sure to subscribe. Thank you for listening. I am Michael. Thank you.